0: Good Monday morning and welcome to Connect, the California MBA's weekly podcast featuring one-on-one interviews with movers and shakers in the mortgage industry. It is April and we are talking to innovators and disruptors in the mortgage industry this month. And uh, we had a great, uh, great conversation last week with uh, Alex at Sales Boomerang. We've got another great conversation this week. So I hope you're ready for, uh, I hope you're ready to hear some interesting perspective on uh, the industry and, and uh, sort of where things are, where things have been and uh, where we go from here. So before we do that, though, let's uh, uh, have a, a quick message from our sponsors over at accelerate So if you're looking to close out more loans in 2021, make sure and uh, check out Accelerate and experience their award-winning customer engagement platform that features lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrow engagement, data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, which includes text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and much, much more. And as I always say, if you're not following Josh Friend on uh, LinkedIn, then you're missing out. He's got a lot of great content there, so make sure and check him out. And if you want to schedule your own personal demo, just uh, head to incelerate.com, and you can do that there. Before we get into the conversation, I want to toss it over to Susan Milazzo, our CEO, for this week's weekly update. Susan.
1: Thanks, Dustin. Hi, this is Susan with the California MBA, and this week I'm talking with you about the Western Secondary Market Conference that'll be held in person August 24th to the 26th at the beautiful Monarch Beach Resort in Dana Point. We have added some speakers to our agenda, so I wanted to let you know who will be welcoming. First, we have the uh, our state regulator here in California, Commissioner Manuel Alvarez from the Department of Financial Protection and Innovation will be joining us. We also have Marcia Davies from the National MBA bringing her Empower Leadership Series to uh, this year's conference, and we're welcoming as our keynote speaker Lee Steinberg, who's a, a sports agent and the real life inspiration for Jerry Maguire from 1996. I had the great pleasure of meeting him on a video call uh, last week. He's a wonderful guy and I can't wait to see him in person. So we'll be opening up registration for the Western Secondary Market Conference in the coming weeks, but we do have some sponsorship opportunities that are available and they are going fast. So if you'd love to have your company featured um, as a sponsor for Western Secondary, check out what we have to offer and I hope to see you there. That's it for this week. Back to you, Dustin. All right. Thanks, Susan. Now I'm
0: excited to welcome in our guest for this week's episode. He's been a uh, longtime uh, friend of the association, good supporter of our events and our programs. Brent Chandler, founder and CEO of Form Free. And uh, as sort of a, a bit of a preview and an aside, if uh, you're thinking about attending the uh, Mortgage Innovators Conference, but you haven't quite registered yet, bit of a, a preview here. Brent is gonna be speaking at the conference coming up. And if you use a promo code Brent, when you go to register for the Mortgage Innovators Conference, you'll get 50% off the registration fees. So make sure, and uh, you can even pause this right now and go to mortgageinnovators.com, use promo code Brent and get 50% off your discount, and then come back and watch the rest of the episode. All right, Brent, welcome.
2: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here today.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, it's been about, I think it's I looked at, it's it's been about eight months or so since we last talked. And uh, I'm curious, just to kind of kick us off here, you guys have uh, since we last talked, has uh, unveiled new branding to reflect its focus on expanding financial inclusivity for uh, homeownership. So, from your perspective, is is financial inclusivity the new frontier for uh, innovation at Form Free?
2: Absolutely. Uh, you know, and and it's important to note that you know this is this has been a an issue that's plagued our industry for some time. Um, And we're delighted to be out in front leading, leading the charge, but this is something we should all be focused on. But our primary focus is to provide access to the data, understanding where the data resides, how to gain access to it, and then apply the intelligence on top of it that can help reach those systematically left behind individuals who have, without socioeconomic backgrounds or gender, or race bias. So, really looking at creating transparency of data and extending credit to so many that have been uh, left behind. Especially now when, when we know that oh, it's so important. I mean, there, there, there's so much that we can do to to help these these underbanked or non-credit uh, FICO holders <laughs> gain access to that much-needed credit. And so we we make credit happen. Part of our focus.
0: Right on. Right on. That's, I mean, it sounds like that's definitely, you know, you guys are taking it to the next level there at, uh, at Form Free. So I'm curious just to sort of uh, back us up. Um, I'm really curious. You guys are definitely one of the, uh, the top innovators and disruptors in the industry right now and have been for several years now. So, from your perspective, as the you know, one of the founders of the company and current CEO here, what do you think has made Form Free a successful innovator or disruptor in the in the mortgage space? What's been your secret sauce?
2: Well, it's been a it's been a combination of things, but it really starts with a a true vision and uh, <clears throat> having a deep understanding, a passionate understanding of that vision, and then the manifestation of the realization of that vision. So I know that sounds really esoteric. But the real the reality is that understanding something, uh, I I think this this appeals to and, and extends to all entrepreneurs that that really have intuition and and have an understanding of how they can make a big impact and 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 the impact isn't monetary it's it's really how can we change the way we do things for the betterment of people and so. At an early stage, I knew very, uh, you know, with without hesitation, that understanding where that data resided, how to gain access to it, apply that intelligence to create kind of a new way of looking and understanding at a consumer's financial DNA, um, could create greater purchase certainty, and that's ultimately, you know, where we see that that understanding of transparency of risk, and it, I, and I think that applies not just to mortgage but to all loans interesting
0: well okay so maybe as a follow-up on that what was maybe the the spark or the uh the moment of uh, clarity for you that where you saw the problem in the industry and you know that's when it sort of you know that's when form free started maybe describe that moment for us
2: yeah it was an aha moment um having spent 15 years on wall street in various capacities <clears throat> modernizing um trading and, and brokerage um i had some experience and when i was in the process of getting that loan is when I had that aha moment and uh, I had, I was juggling three loans, two kids and diapers, and the experience was just so frustrating. It was antiquated. It was paper-based and I was out of ink and, um, uh, you know, I really needed the loan, but I wanted the home. So my love and passion was in the home and moving my kids and trucks were already on the way. So I needed this loan and to get, it was just this, you know, barrage of, of just, backwards thinking it felt like. So I uh I leaned on old experiences in terms of gaining access to that data. You know, having spent the better part of twenty years in data aggregation, building high throughput trading systems. I mean, we were moving billions of transactions a second. I said there's a better way and I know how to do it.
0: Interesting. All right. Well that makes total sense. Yeah. I love the uh that uh parallel there between, you know, wanting the home and needing the loan to get there. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah.
2: So it's a driver. It's a driver. And I think I don't think I'm alone. I don't think I'm alone. I think there's, I think, and this, uh, you know, just to jump on that point a little bit, I think this extends to, to, to most people. Um, we get loans when we have to, not necessarily because we want to. <laughs> um, so it's, there's a paradigm shift when we can understand what our capability is and our ability to potentially get a loan at any given time. And being the common denominator in every loan I'm going to do, that's our service is to understand is to provide that understanding to the consumer who's traditionally flying blind with respect to whether or not they can qualify um and and transfer and share their data when they're ready
0: right no that makes that makes sense so if i'm building a company if i'm going to be you know the next innovator or disruptor in in any industry not, not just uh, in the mortgage industry if i'm you know sort of heading out into the uncharted waters in an industry and i'm going to be disrupting those uh you know established players what from your perspective as someone who's gone through this now what are some qualities that i look for in either myself or in my uh, leadership team
2: um you know i think you have to be a, a uh, first of all you have to have a passion um the 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 passion is what is ultimately going to see you through uh, those rough spots those uh those difficult times um belief in in something that you truly are passionate about and love to do can carry you through the big storms um so that's part of it but that's not going to give you the end game of being an entrepreneur and being successful Um, you have to mix ingredients of of what i would call that persistence level that that grit, that grit component where you just, you fight, Um, you fight through challenging times, you hold on when you wanna let go um, and you never give up. Um, These are attributes that I learned in the Marine Corps actually, um, to make the most of any situation, you know, it's about effort, not results. I go 110 and results happen. So these are all attributes that I think comprised in in a lot of entrepreneurs, they have a, a certain personality type that is believing different. And it's one of my mantras that I carry this year for 2021 is believing different, you know, to believe in something with all your heart, the universe will conspire to make it happen. We can be alchemists of ideas and that's in belief. And uh, you got to have that component. And when people are resisting or saying no, you can listen to them, but you can also help them see things differently. And that persistence will play out over time. And we can only control ourselves. We can't control other people. So we've got to be mindful of expectations. You know, um, I didn't get Fannie to, to give us a day one certainty attestation, although they did it. But it was through years and years and years of going 110% dedicating ourselves and our teams to, to, uh, to delivering what they could attest to. So you see how we could reverse that when we do our best and we find people that are like-minded like that, that buy into the passion, but are also, you know, part of entrepreneurialship. I think is building a culture that fosters, you know, growth in people. You know, it may not be everybody's passion to do what we do, um, but, but to embrace their passion in what they do as part of the greater whole. So it's looking at authenticity and looking at individuals as a part of the whole, because no, no no entrepreneur can do it by themselves. They carry the mantle um, for the for the opportunity, and then we work with others to help us um, achieve the desired results.
0: Right now, I think you're 100% right there. I think that far too many times you see you know companies rise and fall, and one of the reasons why they fall is because they're built only around one person. And When that one person you know leaves for whatever reason you know, if there's not a, as you point out, if there's not a great culture that's been built there and it's just built on that one person, then, you know, I don't think that's a successful company anymore. So I think to your credit, you guys are really focused on building a great culture there that will, you know, outlast any one individual. So even one as uh, as uh, integral to a success as you are, right? So uh, next question for you. Yeah. Um, what's the, as you guys have grown, over, grown up over here in the last couple of years, I know that, I mean, just in the last few years, you guys have grown tremendously. What's the most important lesson maybe you've learned that you could share with the audience?
2: You know, there's so many, but I, I think about an article I wrote a few years ago. Uh, building a company in Athens um, it w- was a unique, a unique thing to do, uh, Athens, Georgia. Um, it, I think it, it, it really dawned on me that there's no such thing as an overnight success. While I believed in the idea uh, with with that everybody would use what we were building, uh, and they should, and they will. Um, it would. It, it's not just believing in it, knowing you have a a a, a great product that everybody's immediately going to stop what they're doing and change, and and do a new thing. Can you imagine? I mean, if that were the case, <laughs> I mean, especially in the mortgage industry, it'd be very dangerous. But in any industry, it would be just very disruptive. So, no such thing as an overnight success to me would mean um, that the overnight success concept, where people see it, is just their awareness to it. The 10 years building it underneath and um, but leading up to that point were the perfection and trials and tribulations that got it to that place. And and so so that's something that I've learned. Um, I've also just learned, you know, what I can and cannot control. And as I said earlier, you know, I think that's a big lesson is just to understand that I can only give my best and, and, and hope that it's received in a way that fosters, you know, the growth of, of the direction that, that we want to go. So understanding that I don't control you, I don't control Fanny or Freddie, I don't control anyone. I can control myself. Um, it's a little bit of a learning experience in allowing things to happen by giving your best and staying comfortable with that. Right. Well, yeah. just to use my,
0: you know, my favorite sports uh, as an as an analogy here, it's the difference between playing tennis where you are in control of everything in your world and being on a baseball team or a football team where you are really are part of a team and have to rely on other people to, you know, do their job too. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So
0: looking forward then, what's, what does the next uh, phase of growth look like for you guys at form Free?
2: Wow. You know, I mean, form Free has, has really hit its stride and um, we're growing, we're growing massively. I'm excited to, to say that we're, we're actually raising a massive capital round. Um, we, are, we are at a place where we can see so much opportunity that we are aiming for um, some, some really big growth. And um, so we're, we're growing, we're hiring new people uh, as we're delighted to be through this, You know, coming through the COVID experience and coming back together with people. And and um, we spent the last year and a half building out a new office. Uh, it's been a really great experience. So, so form-free is really going to the next level. And what does that mean? Um, you know, we are doing a massive cap raise and, and that is for continued growth, um, uh, you know, continued operating expenses, but also we're seeing new opportunities and new verticals. And what we think about is building something once perfectly and selling it a billion times. So we're embarking on that and we're really trying to focus on on where consumers are best served with our technology that then ultimately serve the lending markets and ultimately the investor community.
0: Interesting. All right. We'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, so, uh, in the mortgage industry specifically, I mean, there's been a ton of, uh, you know, disruption and innovation here in the last, you know, five, five, ten 10 years or so, most of it, you know, on the front end of the business. And you guys have, uh, have certainly had, uh, had your, um, your impact on the industry here, but what would you say going forward, where is there the most, um, opportunity for the next round of, uh, innovation and disruption, if you will?
2: Well, I think it's time for lenders to introduce the fax machine and begin to use it post-haste. No, I'm kidding. Um, Do I really want to tell you where the disruption is going to be? I'll tell you. Um, Little tongue in cheek here, but- um, Just between us. (laughs) um, Yeah, no, look, man, we, we think that there's a huge opportunity to you know, credit's falling. Credit's falling apart. We have new ways to look at, understand the credit data to to really un- understand that consumers, you know, uh, historical, you know, payment history and so forth in better ways than FICO is doing it today. So we're attacking that vector pretty hard and heavy, um, creating intelligence around that data and then assimilating it with with additional new data points alternative data you know data that we're collecting on a regular day daily basis for um for the mortgage underwriting process Um, all of these things culminating together where we have asset and credit we have nirvana and doing it in ways that no one's thought of before so instant access to information and then applying new intelligence with natural language processing machine learning and artificial intelligence we are focused on bundling that consumer financial dna in a non-fungible token and an nft uh, I'm, i'm sure a lot of folks have heard about um as it relates to all sorts of things these days but it really is truly the tokenization and commoditization of a consumer and the democratizing of lending so imagine at any given time a consumer can understand what their ability to pay is and then utilize and share that token in a DeFi blockchain environment that essentially shares their smart contract, their profile information with a downstream lender who can read it and have business rules that understand it instantaneously, we can fast track transactions of lending of all types, shapes, and sizes. So, you know, we're focused on, you know, and that's part of that cap raise and that's part of where we're going. We see the democratized democratization of lending for the consumers to empower consumers to understand their ability to pay to use virtual credit at any given time, um, it's an exciting time. It's an exciting opportunity where technology and data have, are, are meeting. For the and there's a huge need. I mean, as we know, you know, Project Reach and the and the and the new administration is focusing on extending credit to to those that have been left behind, systematically disregarded. As I said before, because of FICO or socioeconomic backgrounds, race, gender, that's got to stop. We've got to open up the markets for the consumer. The consumer's got to have access to the credit and the banks have to understand that transparency of risk. And that's what we do. We bundle it up, we do it in an app and we do it with facial recognition and new biometrics. I mean, that's the future. That's what I see. That's what we're focused on. Well, geez, Brent, I just asked you. And by the way, it's not just in the United States. This is a global thing everybody borrows money and everybody has an ability to pay some amount that's our 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 intellectual property that's our patent and that's our mission to quantify that and deliver that safe simple smart and secure yeah well i just asked you for what's the
0: next level of mortgage innovation but you're talking a global economic and uh you know society-wide change i mean that is is talk about uh, taking on some entrenched uh um and established uh systems there that's that's fantastic that's exciting news
2: yeah but dustin here's let me just let me just comment on that because i think it's i think it's worth you know just a, a just a rebuttal in a little way is like who's the common denominator in every loan you do yep that's it's me you. yeah it's it's the individual it, so so mortgage has its own requirements and and we've tackled that for the last decade and what we understand is how what lenders need the the clarity, the uh, the depth of detail that's required to secure that that confidence, you know, we've done that. And so we understand that. So it's natural. It's a natural extension. You know, we've added income and employment. We have identity, we have liens and judgment, we have credit, and we're we're breaking down credit and understanding what those attributes can do way deeper. Thousands of algorithms running on that credit attribute that's, you know, that that you know is is rivaling even FICO resilience? you know, so these are resilience index about consumers that are superior to anything we've ever seen. Add to it my cash flow, my residual income, my discretionary income. And now you have a really good six vector component analytic picture of a consumer. So it stands to reason if it's good for a mortgage loan, it's good for every downstream loan. The output might be different on subtly uh, you know with subtleties with respect to, you know, what that report looks like. But for the most part, it's Brent Chandler who's getting the loan. It's my financial DNA. We need to understand as lenders, can Brent afford this loan? And so that's what we're, we're, we're breaking that down and making it visible. And we're making it in a tokenized uh, fashion where, where consumers can share that information at any given time.
0: Uh, you guys are definitely on something because I mean, to your point, I mean, unless we go back to The times where I'm going to walk in, you know, and purchase something with a bag of cash, it's all going to be a loan of some sort, of some sort, in in some way, shape, or form, some form of credit. So I love the, I love that idea. I mean, because that certainly goes well beyond just, you know, the mortgage loan. Um, so question then, I mean, you know, you guys are definitely, as we've, you know, certainly talked about here, you guys are on the cutting edge, uh, innovation-wise, in the industry here. What can mortgage companies do? What can the lending uh, uh, side of the business do to continue to foster an environment That does promote innovation and disruption
2: well first of all we have to recognize the inefficiencies and the problems in the industry itself so we've got to look in the mirror i mean as lenders we've got to understand if we're still using paper eh, there's probably something wrong with our process Um, so it's really it's about embracing change um we've been through a lot of change over the last you know 10 years i mean think about it 2008 we had a crisis of epic proportions on a financial spectrum that could have, you know, crippled uh, the entire global financial system. Um, you know, fast forward 2020, we have a pandemic, so so people have been going through a lot. I mean, let's just be honest, so, so people in general embrace change over different periods of time. Um, and so what we're beginning to see, with the pandemic especially, is kind of a quantum leap approach to how how people are embracing technologies to create better efficiencies and really start looking forward. You know, we had a great boom in refis in 2020. What happens when that ends? And it is ending. Um so so lenders are being focused to are being forced to to look back, look in the mirror and say, "Hey, what are we going to do going forward because what we did last year isn't going <laughs> to carry us this year." So I think I think embracing technology you know, moving past the resistors and 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 really understanding that, you know, digital is safer than paper. Digital is more accepted than paper. And so we need to get out of old habits and old ways. And so we're here to help. And uh, I don't think we're going backwards. It's sort of like thinking about um, the early days of getting that first cell phone, you know, the big box phones that you had in your car. And it's like, man, only the the ultra wealthy and the elite would ever get a cell phone and and or and or a mobile phone and i mean look at us today i mean we laugh about it because we have two three four cell phones at any given time and and this is across the globe this isn't for any economic you know group of people but everybody has a cell phone everybody will be doing transactions for loans in the not too distant future we need to embrace it we need to empower it because it's going to help people it's going to reduce costs, it's going to create greater efficiencies and remove risk all simultaneously while just empowering the consumer to have a better experience. So let's get on that train. Let's help people do it. And sir, that's self-serving for me because I created some of those technologies. Um, but at the end of the day, I did it for me. I did it because I was frustrated with the, with, with the experience. So it stands to reason that if we could improve my experience, like we could improve everybody's experience. And uh, you know the, the data's in, the story's in, we know we're going in this direction. It will be an end-to-end digital transaction. And so I think lenders that embrace that earlier, fully, all the way through, mandate it, push it. Um, we'll train you, we'll help educate you. But here's how simple it can be, Dustin. Where do you bank? Where do you work? These are the questions we ask for technology. And then we do the rest i mean we we envision a day where there's a link to an app store. you download the app, put up your face, and you get a loan and The lender's there to help you through that process. No longer do they have to shuffle you through gathering all your documentation and chasing down paper and you know extrapolating paper into you know data into a system and manually typing that in, fat fingering some information and getting it wrong and time happening and you know rate locks, et cetera so what we see is a you know, is a it, is it really, is it instantaneous type transaction that can happen at any given time? And then we simply need to fulfill the rest. Let's go get the title. Let's go get the appraisal. Let's do some disclosure documents. And those can all be facilitated through a loan advisory type process. So morphing out of, you know, this broker kind of, uh, uh, interaction for, for the transaction itself, but more as an advisory role, helping Brent Chandler through one of the biggest exchanges of my life. Help me understand the ramifications of an arm or a long term, uh, a 30 year versus a 15 year, those types of things. And also, you know, help me identify the right type of loan or the right type of home. Maybe I'm, I'm aiming too high, those types of things. So I see that more of an, an advisory role in the future, embracing technology where we empower those lenders to facilitate better loans, faster throughput, more efficiency, less expensive, and better experience all the way through.
1: Yeah, no,
0: I think you're 100% right. And I think that loan officers that embrace that will see that it's not that you're being you know phased out, it's you're being phased up. I mean you're now able to focus on you know solving as you mentioned solving the you know difficult problems and focusing on the big problems that need fixed and not having to deal with the menial stuff that was you know wasting your time before and now you know technology can solve that problem and you know allow you to really focus on solving problems for borrowers um so last question here we're starting to run out of time here so last question um you guys have been you know big supporters of the california nba for a number of years now And if you just for the audience perspective here, so if you're if you like what uh, you've been hearing from Brent, make sure and sign up right now for the Mortgage Innovators Conference that's coming up here on May 4th and 5th. Brent's going to be speaking there. And Actually, if you use our special Connect uh, uh, promo code, type in uh, promo code Brent and you can get 50 percent off your Mortgage Innovators Conference registration. So make sure and do that. You can see more information about that in the description below. But uh, Brent, last question to you. Why should um, the tech and vendor firms like FormFree, you know, what causes you to support advocacy groups like the California MBA?
2: Well, look, I think it's a, it's, you know, we think of, we think of it as a team thing. Um, And I think there's critical groupthink that can come from collaboration and these types of organizations, which are, Really aiming to help solve problems, we got to identify the problems and come up with solutions. And in these types of organizations, um there's a collective group of people who are like-minded, who are out attempting to help one another. And 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 I find that there, um, you know, these that these types of organizations, and certainly Dustin, CMBA and and MBA, they have a real uh, sense of ad, advocacy for helping people, um, helping the lenders that that are members of the organizations, provide services and information like this, like this exchange here, you're helping those, the, uh, those in the audience who are members understand more about form free, and we appreciate it. So it's a it's a like minded exchange of information. Um, but it's also about relationship building. And as a society and as a as as, as, a, as a group and mortgage, um, we're better together. Um, yes, we compete. Yes, we offer services, and and it's a healthy uh, it, it's a healthy breeding ground to help people do what get into homes. So we're all vested in the same interest. Um, we may have different reasons for doing what we do, but at the end of the day, what we want to do is keep people in homes. We want to help Americans get into homes that can't that aren't there today. So we want to expand that box. These types of affiliations and organizations enable us to come together and to move an industry forward to help the greater good. So, you know, it's important on that level. It's an important just, you know, we have a lot of fun together when we when we do these these types of uh, events and participation. Um, you know, it, it, there there is a bond that is formed by being a part of these memberships. Reciprocity is huge. I would never expect anything for nothing. So if I come to the CNBA and I need some information, I'm glad to be a participating member, a paying member. And I think it helps the, the cognitive greater good of, of your organization to dispel and push out new information and ID, ID, ideas for uh, other lenders who can, <laughs> who can, you know, use that information for the betterment of their businesses. So it's, it's kind of a, a cool thing.
0: It's definitely a team effort. And we de- absolutely appreciate your support, Brent. And, and again, as I mentioned, you know, if you're uh, interested in hearing more from Brent, make sure and sign up for the Mortgage Innovators Conference. Go to MortgageInnovators.com and then use uh, promo code Brent to uh, get 50% off your registration. Brent, thanks again for joining us today on Connect.
2: Uh, my pleasure. Promo code Brent. You heard that's, it here. That's a cool thing that's a cool thing. Let's go. And if you enjoyed the conversation, make sure and
0: subscribe to us here on our YouTube channel. You can also catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. And we'll be back again next week for another episode of Connect. We'll see you then.